The Mid-America Music Festival is back, bigger and better than ever for 2021. Rocking Northern Missouri with Autograph, Slaughter, and Great White. Plus the 90 Days Band, Friday, July 16th at Black Silo Winery in Trenton, Missouri. Gates open at 3. Concert starts at 445. Tickets, camping, food trucks, and more. Information online at midamericamusic.com. Midamericamusic.com. Autograph. Slaughter. Great White. The 2021 Mid-America Music Festival. Friday, July 16th. Presented by CFM Insurance. Grab your friends and get your tickets now at midamericamusic.com. Midamericamusic.com. Hey everybody, this is Robert Mason from the band Warrant, and you are on the road to rock. We roll tonight to the guitar bite, and for those about to rock, I salute you. You are now on the road to rock, powered by the Great American Sports Network. It's not just a podcast, it's an unabashed celebration of rock's living legends. And now, please welcome your host, the master of your rock and roll road trip, leading you down the highway to hell, Clint Schweitzer. Ladies and gentlemen, you are on the road to rock, and we are so excited to have you on board. This has just been tremendous ever since the relaunch of the podcast, changing the name from Music Mania to On the Road to Rock. I just feel a renewed sense of vigor for this. Maybe it's because it's the summertime, and I just tend to thrive in the spring and summer months. Live music is back. You can see people's faces again. There's no masks. Most places you go, things are open. Things are fun. You can go to the lake. You can go have fun with your friends. You can go to a live concert, believe it or not. Guys, it is the return to rock this summer is what I'm calling it. And uh, one band that has definitely returned to rock is Warrant. We talked to Joey Allen, a guitarist and founding member, just a few weeks ago. Today, we're going to be speaking with our good friend and vocalist, Robert Mason, who has been with the band now for 13 years. And he's going to talk candidly about the passing of Janie Lane and what it was like kind of moving into that role and what he's meant to the band and what the band's meant to him these last 13 years. They just came off playing a show down in Hot Springs, Arkansas, uh, which was a very hot gig, very electric. And they did that with uh, Vixen and Autograph. We're going to talk to him about the 30th anniversary of Cherry Pie Tour. Of course, Cherry Cut Pie came out back in 1990, and they're going to be playing that album in its entirety. Cannot wait to see that here June, July 23rd. It's going to be, uh, Warren's going to be here with Firehouse, I believe, uh, in Hannibal, Missouri, which is about three and a half hours from where I live, but definitely going to make it down to that show. So a lot to get into with our good friend Robert Mason. It's been, I want to say, five years since we've talked to Robert, and this time, if you want to check out the video, it is on uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, so go check out uh, the video if you want to see the video of that. Uh, Robert was kind enough to do that via Zoom, which 95% of our interviews are. So go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and you will uh, be able to get everything, all the vi all these um, podcasts on video. Uh, so absolutely do that. We are in the process of moving some things around on our website, but go to roadtorockpodcast.com. That's where you can get all the information Concert reviews, articles, and all of our podcasts are going to be archived there. RoadToRockPodcast.com. Can't thank you guys enough for being a part of everything we do. Like I said, I got a new pep in my step. This is great. 
I will never take for granted again going to a concert or just being able to live freely in the world, man. Freedom's very important to me and I'm someone that has always lived life a little different. I like to travel. I like to do things my way. And that doesn't mean that I'm not mindful of uh, things that are going on in the world because I certainly am, but I'm ready to make this a memorable summer. And I know you guys are as well. And it's already been a memorable summer here on the Road to Rock podcast. Just the last couple of weeks, we've had Joey Allen from Warrant. We've had Tracy Guns from LA Guns. And uh, last week, we had uh, Lawrence Gowan from Sticks and Dean Rowland uh, from Collective Soul, which that concert uh, is coming up here. Yeah. Collective Soul and Sticks touring together. It's going to be here in Missouri, July, uh, excuse me, June 25th and 26th here in uh, Lake of the Ozarks and Kansas City, respectively. Without further ado, got to go ahead and take you to our interview with Robert Mason, and it's coming right up after this. Live music is back with this year's Mid-American Music Festival presented by CFM Insurance, July 16th through the 18th at the Black Silo Winery in Trenton, Missouri. See Great White, Slaughter and Autograph, July 16th. Granger Smith featuring Earl Dibbles Jr., Morgan Evans, Danielle Bradbury, Travis Marvin, and more July 17th at the Mid-American Music Festival. Purchase your tickets and see the complete lineup at midamericanmusic.com. That's midamericanmusic.com. Well, you guys are coming off off what was was a um, very warm, exciting exciting electric electric show show here this past weekend weekend down in Hot Springs, Springs, Arkansas Arkansas with Vixen. Vixen. How was the show, show, man? It looked like a great time time down there. Uh, I remember it's, uh, well, it's got hot right in the name of the town. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, you know what you're up against. It was uh, high eighties and saturation humidity, even at sunset. So uh, it was a cool show. Honestly, uh, who's on first uh, autograph played Vixen played and then, and then we did our thing, but uh, it was cool. A good time was had by all, you know, I, it was interesting last time we played there. I think we had played, a few years prior with Queensryche and I was on the phone with Todd Latore yesterday talking about that very gig a few years ago and we were just catching up. Uh, another good guy, smart cat, great musician. If you've never had him on the show, have Todd. We, we, just, we did just did recently, recently in fact, yes. Mm-hmm. Look at that, you're ahead of the game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the show was really great. It was our fourth one back. It was the fourth of a four show run. Uh, we had played on the fifth or sixth in Pennsylvania. And then we had a midweek show in Fargo, flew down to Dallas, did Texarkana, then did Hot Spring. It, uh, after 15 plus months coming in doing like one rehearsal and coming back and doing some shows was kind of interesting, but, uh, but we had a great time. Honestly, I am overwhelmed with how I, it's, I, I wanted to optimistically expect audiences to just be chomping at the bit for entertainment of any type, you know, juggler, I don't know, whatever. And uh, it was really cool, honestly. I, I can't, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, all jokes aside, all, all, all kidding aside, I am, I was completely pleased uh, to have that happen. So the, you guys have been so playing the uh, Cherry playing Pie album. The, uh, this is the 30th Cherry anniversary, of Cherry, 30th anniversary of Cherry Pie. It, yes. it was supposed to be last year, uh, last and year, here we are. It's finally uh, happening. What has it been like playing some of these songs? I know you love Blind Faith. I think I read somewhere that's maybe one of your favorite songs to sing. We had to revamp the entire the entire set for 2020, announcing the 30th anniversary of the Cherry record. I mean, that's quite a milestone. Clearly, I get to sing all those songs uh, that people remember and have nostalgia for. So I think it's really, really 
it's it's a fun responsibility to have. Uh, I like it. I love the record. I was a fan back then, so you know, I was around for a bunch of those shows on that tour. So I remember mm-hmm. that the uh, the old Warrant Trickster Firehouse bill. So uh, it was it's it's cool to do those songs just to see and gauge from any any given night you get different audience reaction. But clearly we can't do it in sequence because the record starts with Cherry Pie. So it's like, hey, good night. You know, like it would be not cool to do that. We throw in some Dirty Rotten songs, uh, one or two from uh, from the Doggy Dog record and then a couple from the records like, that I've done. But, or you know, it's still 75, 80 plus minutes of pretty much constant. It's uh, it's fun to do. Like I said, that, that record's a challenging record. Uh, a lot of production stuff in there and we don't use tracks or anything like that. So it's just us doing that up there. Um, kind of as true to live performance as we can be and still faithfully reproduce that, you know, to everyone's expectations. Cause if you just have the record and you've never seen the band live, there were a ton of, uh, ton of overdub vocals on that record, sure, especially sure. Uh, even more so than on the dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich record uh, from what I can remember uh but it's still fun to do uh like i said i mean i have i had too much coffee have they even answered your question no you did this is great um you what's this journey been like i had something sticking in my head from because i must have said in an interview somewhere like the answer to whatever question because everybody always (laughs) asks and i hate to say it please don't ask that question like that i it's not a dumbass question but i but it's one of those Go to is I was just, what's your favorite song to perform live? I'm like, what? And honestly, it's whatever one gets the best reaction. So it's always in reaction rather than I love this one. I don't like this one as much. It's really not that way with me. Uh, it varies from night to night. Blind Faith is just a cool song to play. I get to play a little acoustic guitar on a few songs during the Warrant set. I, you know, I play and I write on guitar and piano a lot. So for me, I don't just I don't only like to stand there in front of a mic. Uh, it's it's very comfortable to do that. But I think those songs where I get to play a little bit, even though they're limiting because I have to stand still, I don't have a mic that follows me. I don't have the, I don't have the Garth Brooks or like Britney Spears <laughs> kind of mic that follows me, you know, like the old school. That's how old school I am. I refer to it as the Garth Brooks mic. Uh, but I don't- I think one. Kip Winger had it first. Yeah, <laughs> Santa Hagar used one. A lot yeah. of people yeah. used them, like back in, the, back in the days when they were first coming out. So that kind of plants me in a spot, kind of plants me in a spot where I've got to sing, I'm playing. It's limiting in a way, but it's unique in a way to me as far as the performance goes. The rest of the whole night, I get to throw a mic stand around, you know, sprint around side to side and stuff and get in everybody's way. So Robert, this has been a 13 year journey now. What what makes this a fit for you because you've done so many great things. You're heralded as a, a tremendous vocal, a vocalist. And I agree with that even by me. But what makes this group a fit? Because is it, we've had Joey Allen on a lot, Eric Turner. Is it the guys in the band that you just like being around these guys? Is it the songs? What makes this a fit? Uh, I was a fan. We were friends. Uh, Janie and I became friends while, they were finishing up recording Doggy Dog and we were doing the Lynch Mob record in LA. Uh, they were doing Doggy Dog in Florida, but I would see Lane a lot uh, 
just out, ran into him a bunch of times in California when I was out there recording our Lynch Mob record in 91, early 91. And uh, he and I got to be friends. And it was probably through that and, and, you know, just happenstance afterwards. We have a record out. They have a record out. I remember him saying one night, well, we're, we'll take you out on tour. I'm thinking like, oh, all right, well, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. This is a guy I've had a few drinks with and, and hung out and laughed at, you know, a bunch of different stuff throughout the past months making this record. We'll see what happens. And sure enough, you know, one day we get a call from management. Hey, you have a bunch of warrant dates. You want to you want to go out? And George and I were thinking, yeah, do an arena tour. Why not? Uh, so that that kind of helped us solidify friendships back then between myself and, and those guys. I know I took a couple of trips on the warrant bus when, uh, I mean, Janie and I would take off after gigs, go get in a cab, just the two of us, just, you know, singers, everybody else can, you know. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> whatever expletive you like. And, uh, I don't know if I can swear on your show. Yes, you, yes can. you can. Well, I tend to do that a bit. So, but, uh, you know, we would take off and go install ourselves in whatever club he knew or I knew in whatever city we were in and just go watch a cover band or go, you know, just sit and hang out and have a couple of drinks and, you know, kind of unwind and talk about our shows or anything. If we didn't want to anything else, but our shows, you know, we kind of escaped to do that several times during that tour. Uh, but on the other hand, I got to get pretty tight with Joey, pretty tight with Dixon and throughout that, and then the years afterward, kind of stayed in touch, uh, lost touch with them for a few years. And then, you know, Warrant went through a couple of years where a couple of band members decided they didn't want to be in the band for a minute and, you know, and left and came back, that kind of thing. When they all got back together, I reached out to Lane. I remember texting him a few times and leaving him a couple of voice messages. I heard back once. I didn't hear back more than that. So I figured, OK, fine. But just congratulating them for getting all five original guys back. And there's a reason why this is a long-winded answer. When I saw them in Rocklahoma, I saw, you know, quite frankly, Janie was having a real tough time being out on the road and not succumbing to his demons, let's just say. You know, whatever. I, I can only allege, but that's what they were. And I saw the other four guys just really wanting to get this back on the road and get it together. So I saw like a five-cylinder engine with four cylinders. You know, and... Interesting. When the yeah. opportunity yeah. came and it was, I think Joey said it to me first. He may have, he said, man, we don't want to do this, but this is a situation where we may have to send Janie home. We still have promoters and we're still on the line. You know, we're still on the hook to all these venues and all this stuff. You know, if, if, if he goes home and tries to straighten himself out for real, would you do some shows? And that's the impetus, but that was the inception of it. It wasn't like we're kicking this guy out. We want you in our band. It wasn't like that. And uh, when we had, we didn't have that conversation at Rocklahoma, but we kind of reconnected at Rocklahoma in 08. And then uh, just, it became that thing where I, the question was put to me, whether or not I wanted to go out and do those dates. And I, I said, yes, and I had such a good time doing it. And I, if, if Janie could have gotten everything back together and came back, you know, batting a thousand saying, man, I want back in, it would have been his gig. It is sure, his gig. Sure. You know what I mean? He wrote those songs. It's like that stuff matters to me. But sadly, he couldn't. And he was 
really not in a great place. And those guys still, we started doing good business and being a consistent band again, our promoters were noticing that. So it just snowballed into this thing where I stayed and, uh, and sadly, Janie went a little farther and farther downhill and, and was, and was gone three years later. And, you know, I've done two records with the band and we have such a great time. There is band camaraderie. We do hang out together. So that's important. That's important. And I, I hope other people can see that too. I hope that translates on stage. I know you don't get to see us all throughout you know, the entire day, but tons of fans come to do meet and greets now because that's the new thing everybody wants, you know, either backstage access or they want something signed or they just want to tell you their stories. And that's become an integral part of this whole machine for us. And we do that at every city. Yeah, it's yeah, tremendous, it's tremendous and, and highly recommend, recommend that you do that. that. I think you can you even, can even sing, sing a song at Soundcheck. Soundcheck. Is that is correct? That correct? You, or whatever you play. I mean, if you're, you know, if you, if you play accordion or if you're a guitar player or whatever you are, you, be, you know, jump, well, chainsaws, well, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there are different levels, I guess, of meet and greet. And we kind of came upon that one because we had so many people asking, is there, could I show up at Soundcheck? Could I ever play with you guys? And, and it kind of just clicked with us like, okay. We'll make that the, you know, double secret platinum package or whatever. I don't know. And uh, we've had a bunch of people. We have repeat offenders, too. We have guys that, like, you know, a guy who owns a construction business or a guy who's an airline pilot or a guy who's a, you know, pediatrician. And they play guitar. And they're like, well, I'm, I do well in my business. I've always wanted to do this. I want to come and do this with you guys. And I love it's it. kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see that. Well, buckle well, up. Buckle Don't get too, up, comfortable, get too comfortable because here in Hannibal, Hannibal Missouri, Missouri, when you guys are here, July 23rd, um, uh, you and I are going to be doing a doing duet to Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver. So, so buckle up buckle for that. that. Don't recall that from our catalog. but yeah. uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're going to go outside the set list. Um, so, Robert, we got to talk about the end machine because Jeff Pilsen's a great friend of ours. Phase two, tremendous album, great follow-up. Just kind of what's the reception reception been like? like, Um, um, You're something that kind of magical that happens when when you, Jeff, and George get together, together, man. It's it's a really good album. album. I I really appreciate that. It's it's tinged with a little bittersweet because our schedules are all so collectively just manic. It's a tough thing when people ask, oh, are you going to play live? You know, that's... You hate to say no, and I, and I probably don't ever want to say that, but it seems relatively unlikely. Uh, but we're proud of the record. It's fun. We, you know, we were proud of the first one. The first one was a little more of us, I think, trying to be our own animal and not as a derivative is the wrong word. Without playing to our influences and our pasts so heavy handedly. But on this record, we're like, why don't we not be afraid of that? And between the record company and ourselves, the point was made that Jeff and George are, you know, an, an important uh, component of the dock and whatever you want to call it, sound, iconography, all that kind of stuff, all together. You think of those two guys pretty predominantly in songwriting, all that kind of stuff. And obviously they sound, Jeff sings and plays the way he does and George can't pick up a guitar without sounding like himself. He doesn't sound like <laughs> anybody else. So we weren't as afraid of revisiting what made Doc and cool to us and maybe to fans too. You always hope, you know, you make records that you're happy with. 
you get turned on by the songs first and hope that they do as well. So when we did that, obviously I'm not going to write the way Don writes and I'm not Don Dawkins. So there was that component where I bring what I bring to the party, but we sat in Zoom meetings, the three of us, in the writing stages, and I was more than happy to uh, to take their input this time around for like lyric and melody ideas. I have a bunch. I always have a bunch, but you know they were an important part of that band. So we figured, okay, Jeff Pilson pitched a, a couple of uh, either verse or chorus ideas. I think chorus ideas that we used. I loved, and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, our voices are not that dissimilar. He's got a great background vocal voice blend with me. So it just, uh, it kind of was a different path, but came sort of naturally as well. So that's what the phase two record really is, is us, you know, going like, all right, docket thing was cool. Maybe that's what fans want. You know, you try not to repeat yourself on every record. So there you go. Well, it's, well, tremendous, it's tremendous. And, and um, you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's kind, kind of interesting. And, and I want to go in kind of a different, different way with this question than maybe you're maybe thinking, you're thinking but, but uh, recently, recently George, George talked about how you maybe have different, different political, political views than, than he and Jeff. Jeff. And it got and me it got thinking, me thinking in, in, in the history, the history of, of, of rock and roll. roll. Did it make it, you think, God, George gets off topic and says some dumbass shit every once in a while. It made me wonder when politics had come into play in the, in the, until now, like what, what's going on? You know, what's really funny. Somebody's going to watch this and that's going to be the blabber mouth quote. I almost said that jokingly and I don't, you know what I mean? Hey, it's funny. Uh, you know, it doesn't really, I thought good song is a good song. Uh, I don't go out on a mission to, state some cause in some preachy way that everybody else has to listen to. Uh, so that's not what I go about when I'm writing lyrics. If I'm inspired by anything I see, hear, taste, smell, experience, get hit by, whatever, I'll write about it. But uh, that was not my aim. Uh, that had my head scratching, to be honest, a little bit too. But, you know, the guy thinks the way he wants to think. He's, he, he, can, he can pick and choose what he wants to say in an interview, and so can I. Well, it's not like we fist fought or it's not like we call each other idiots. It's we're not that polarized. We're actually the sort of folks who still engage in thoughtful dialogue with each other instead of just saying, you're an idiot. Nope, you are. You know, that I think that's that dissent and lack of recognizing common ground is probably an instrumental problem that people have nowadays uh you know once again i'm not being too preachy but you know not to be waxed too philosophical but the distance between us and our opinions it's not distance between us maybe there's common ground in there i mean i hate to say that and sound all mushy but we wrote uh, the lyrics mostly come from me anyway they all did on the last record uh but if somebody's got an interesting thought or a lyric or an idea i'm more than happy to write around it I didn't think it was that challenging. In a word, it did. It wasn't really that challenging. And and if George had an idea, pitched me like buzzwords, not really a lyric writer, but he's like, he'll he'll text me a bunch of stuff and say, "Hey man, um, what do you think of this? Or can you integrate this into what you're doing?" And I made every effort to do so. 
very well said. Very well said. I, am I am just, just when it comes down, comes to, down it, to it, I just love I just the album. Love album. People are really digging it, and that's what's important. Before we let you go, Robert, we got to hit you with our final four drum roll. Four quick questions. You give us whatever comes to mind. It's usually fun. I'm usually better friends with the interviewee after it's over. So, fair enough. Okay, so what is the last concert you remember attending as a fan before COVID? I mean, it's been a while, I'm assuming. It was way before the COVID thing, because I don't get to go out to too many shows. Oh, you know what? We were on the Kiss Cruise. Okay, last time I just sat there, I was... Now, granted, I'm on the boat. I can't exactly split unless I have a helicopter. But uh, of my own volition, um, I was on stage left watching the darkness with a couple of my guys and and uh, and Paul from Paul Stanley. We're sitting watching and just they put on an amazing show. I love them. Justin's the real deal. Like Justin, Dan, everybody in that band. I went up to them afterwards and. Justin and I kind of became buds. So on the Kiss Cruise. For me, that's cool. I was a fan of their band. I like what they do. So there you go. I was, that was probably the last time. That was December, it was October, November of 19. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. was the last, that was one. last one. Um, um, what uh, show, show or shows, shows on, Netflix on Netflix or streaming or have you kind of got caught up, up with, with over the last the time? time. Wow, that's another tough one. Uh, there's a there's a channel called the Coda Channel that's got a lot of music based stuff, and they had a really cool man, eight or ten part documentary on uh, songwriters. It might even be called the Great Songwriters, and I mean everything from Carly Simon to Bill Withers was on there, Barry Gibb. And amazing, amazing, yeah. You know, there's like Noel Gallagher, like, like but people I was fans of, or it, it was really introspective as to their process and, as far as songwriting goes. Uh, you know, maybe they couldn't get Paul McCartney. I don't know, but you know, Burt <laughs> <laughs> Backracker. I don't know, but you know, it was uh, it was an interesting series. I kind of got sucked into that and watched them, like binge them all in a row. That's sweet. That's sweet. That's sweet. That's sweet. I got to check, check that out. out. Um, um, you mentioned you Kiss, mentioned so I'm going to call an audible here. here. What is, what your, is favorite your favorite eight, uh, non-makeup, non-makeup or 80s, or 80s kiss, kiss album? album? Non-makeup? So like Lick so It Up, it Asylum, up, Animalize. Revenge. I'll count that. That's good. Because it was 92, but... But as, and as, and as, like, again, I have to use that word bittersweet, but it was because Eric Carr was very sick and was passing and had passed. Uh, but my friend Eric Singer... Great. Great. Record. And he and I have been friends an awful long time. Uh, we still talk pretty regularly. Uh, and I really like that record. Uh, yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Right. Too. So it was like we were all coming out with records at the same time. We actually had kiss dates initially for a very short period of time. It's like, you know, back when you had your fax machine, just, you know, go bananas with like reams and reams of paper come out with all these dates. Like, oh, kiss, Madison Garden, oh my God. And like all those things. And then that got that whole wing of their tour like that whole leg of their tour that we were going to be on support got like furloughed away for some reason i was just you know initially just heartbroken because if i could have supported kiss in arenas it would have been fun absolutely Absolutely. that i didn't realize realize that that about that that, because 
I think that was my first Kiss Kiss concert in St. Joe, Missouri at the Civic Arena. And you guys were not up and I'm pissed about it to this day. Um, What is the first album that you remember buying with your own money or that you stole? Uh, I did not steal. I would have gotten my ass beaten. Uh, Strict parents. So let's see. I think it was two the same day. And it was either bought with my own money. Let me think. Kansas Point or No Return and uh, Chicago Live at Carnegie Hall, which was a four-album box set, but it was albums with a book and the whole thing. That That's awesome. Uh, great answers, Robert. We can't thank you enough, man. It's been too long. We will see you here in person in Hannibal, Missouri. That's about three hours from I live in Kansas City, but I will be there and can't wait to have Warrant here in Missouri, man. We're excited. Oh, thank God. Well, you'll be there. Thank you for the one. I will be. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Always, brother. Thank you. Huge thanks to Robert Mason. What an interview. Uh, Really candid about uh, some of the comments George Lynch made about him and his politics. And I think that that's what's really strange about uh, what you see today is that people are so divided politically. I don't get it. It's not part of what we do here on this podcast. So I just wanted to ask him. I want to get his thoughts. And I think he was very, you know, very forthright and just played it down the middle. Robert's a great guy. No question about it. And phase two from The End Machine's a great album. Maybe we'll see a new Warrant album in the future. He did mention that can't wait to see them here July 23rd in Hannibal, Missouri. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of On the Road to Rock. You know the website by now. It's roadtorockpodcast.com. Hit us up on our socials if you have an idea for a guest. If you want to leave some feedback for the shows, do so on our social medias. Just look for On the Road to Rock on Facebook, uh, Road to Rock Pod on Twitter. Thank you guys so much. We're going to be back next week, guys. The interviews are piling up here. I've got so many that I'm releasing a lot of them on our YouTube channel, so go check it out. Great American Sports and Entertainment Network. You can go check out uh, a lot of videos that don't make the Friday podcast. We're doing a lot of them and just throwing them out there during the week. There's There's been so many, it's been tremendous, and I can't thank all of them enough. Uh, so coming up, guys, we have some major interviews with guys like Mark Slaughter from Slaughter, Mark Torian uh, from the Bullet Boys, that Rick Allen himself coming up from Def Leppard, guys. It is the summer to rock. It's the return to rock right here on the road to rock with Clint Schweitzer.